welcome back to another episode of Cinema Wheeler Tay. It's uh, Sean and Scott. Hi. <laughs> we are Sans Tony today. Yes, uh, uh, but she'll be back um, a certain point. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, she's, uh, she's here in spirit, and she gives absolutely. our blessings. And uh, uh, but we do have a very special guest. It's a two-time World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Two. T- <laughs> He's a two-time, uh, this is his second <laughs> appearance on the program. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> it is, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's the legendary Back from the Grave. Yeah. <laughs> Randy Poffo, better known <laughs> to the layman as the Macho Man Randy Savage. Too sweet to be sour. <laughs> power, power, oh yeah. Hot dog and a grandstand, right? That's right, that's all I do. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Macho, okay, Man. Go, <laughs> <laughs> Macho Man was portrayed magnificently by our really good friend, uh, Joel Savage. Hey, yeah. what's up, jockasses? Can yeah. I say that? Yes, you can. They say that in the movie so many times. It's I an appropriate. Seven times. Seven <laughs> jockasses. Yeah. That's good. Isn't your name G- uh, Joel Poffo? Yes, my, my original name is Joel Poffo. Oh, the Poffo family. Yeah, yeah. But a different Poffo family. <laughs> uh, right here in Columbus. Yeah. And uh, had to change my name to Savage because I uh, yeah. got into bankruptcy. And, you know, it's a whole legal thing I don't want to get into. You could have been leaping Joel Poffo. You know, <laughs> I mean, you could have gone that route. I was, I was generic Joel Poffo. There That's why I went for the Savage. Generic <laughs> right. Joel Poffo. Well, uh, Joel, of course, is one of the masterminds behind the great Savage Tech. That's uh, true. I am a mastermind. He is yeah. a mastermind. <laughs> it's not just just a head. He's a mastermind. You know, yeah. uh, Savage Tech is a great uh, sketch comedy troupe in, in well, Columbus. It's a, it's a production company that yes. hosts sketch comedy groups. That's ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. It's good that the corporate uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. inclinations have been... We're the WWF of sketch comedy. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. You're the Titans. It's Savage Tech is Titan Sports. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> so if you haven't figured it out, and maybe you have, maybe you haven't, I hope you're thinking about it. Uh, we are going to be discussing the, the masterpiece, the, the cinematic opus, if you will, the magnum opus. Yes. Uh, 1989's No Holds Barred. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my. Guys. Yeah. I've been asking you to do this movie so many years, and now we're finally here talking about it. Yes. And mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I'm very excited as well. Uh, one thing that maybe our listeners aren't completely aware of, and I think they should be by now, that uh, Scott and I are huge pro wrestling, specifically the WWF fans. Wait, from what? <laughs> I know, this is shocking. <laughs> and this might shock other people that Joel Savage himself is a big pro wrestling we, fan. I am? <laughs> so, Probably more, more well-rounded than we are as well. Right. I, I don't want to... Okay, we got it on record. Finally, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Joel, Joel has more sophisticated taste in pro wrestling. You know, he has, he has a, Were a, a you more a tape trader? palate. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I was for a little while. Yes, yeah. and then I got out of it for a while, and yeah. I, came, I just recently came back. So that's fantastic. And everything's on on the internet. Yeah, you so. don't have to trade tapes. <laughs> mm. You like? So I still like to though. I like to record it from the internet onto tape, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the right. VHS, and send it to Japan. And then I just write all the links on the tape to the person that I'm giving yeah. it to, and they just look it up online. <laughs> Nobody has a VCR anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to apologize to the casual listeners, but this is going to be a geek out fest for us today, and that's Ooh. the way it should be, uh, especially with with the WWF or WWE. I'm sorry, I always make that mistake. It's okay. Well, this movie yeah. is by WWF. 
Yes, this and is 1989. We can't call it wrestling. We got to call it sports entertainment. Yes. And we can't call them wrestlers. We got to call them superstars. That's right. Uh, or tough guys. Or tough guys. Yeah. <laughs> tough guys. Oh my God, I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're getting into it. What I first want to start off with is because we all love, uh, I think, the WWE slash F. And I want to start with Joel. How did you get into pro wrestling in general? And also the movie No Holds Bar. We'll combine okay. both of them together. All so. right. So uh, first of all, I got into wrestling uh, very, very young. I don't remember exactly when. It's always kind of been on. I remember my parents hating it. And I think that's what got me into it more. <laughs> uh, but the thing that like was like, ooh, this is it, was uh, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. Was I, I saw that and I was like, I'm hooked for life on this. <laughs> and then the storytelling and all that sort of stuff and... Yeah, so I don't. I remember living in Florida, and I remember that's how I discovered uh, wrestling. Is how I discovered uh, sketch comedy and Elvira, two of my other passions in the world, which we discussed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's always been there, kind of. I think in the in the background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how about the film itself? When was the first? Okay, time? so. Uh, when we moved up from Florida, it was 91, and we were staying at my grandma's house for like a month, and she had Showtime, and that show, that movie was on constant repeat in the summer of 91. I think I saw it like 50 times, could not get enough of it, and then... Uh, Found it again on, on Hulu a couple years ago, right when I was getting back into wrestling. And then uh, my girlfriend, Lindsay Bowes, shout out to Lindsay Bowes, the, mm. the real brain behind Savage Tech. Um, Brilliant, by the way. Exactly. That's my... Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. And cute as a button. Um, <laughs> I'm going to uh, stay away from that. <laughs> yeah, you better stand over there. She's actually here right now. I saw stand you over. looking at Elizabeth. <laughs> stand over here, Lindsay. Don't even look at them. You got lust in your eyes for Lindsay. Hey, brother. I said she's a friend. <laughs> We're reenacting the classic Mega Powers feud. From That's right. Lindsay is here in the corner. Yes, yeah, she um, she's not allowed to talk. She's also here. She's here. <laughs> this is very much a bro fest. We have not. <laughs> this is the WWF in the 1980s. Um, but uh, uh, but she just got back into rest, or she started wrestling for the first time, and uh, I showed her this movie, and then I think we've seen it again another 50 times since then, just because it is the most. It's the greatest movie. You mm -hmm. know what? I don't. I don't understand Citizen Kane. I don't get Vertigo. <laughs> but this movie is the best movie. If we were to ever send footage out into space to, to sum up us as human beings, it's this movie, man. Man, I would love to see a double header for people of Vertigo and No Holds Barred and maybe intersplice them where Jimmy Stewart's like, I want to change you, Rip, into what? <laughs> I would alter you into the woman of my dreams. Hey, brother, stay away from me. Uh, get away from me, you jockass. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. Jimmy Stewart as, as the network oh, head. Oh, my God. There's so many great lines. All right, okay, yeah. I'm Take a leak. <laughs> Is it just me or did okay? I'm sorry. Just launch into the to the movie real quick. Is it just me or did every executive in that um, in that boardroom look like they worked for the Trump administration at least once they during do. this they do. for like a week? It's, yeah, it's the Lex Luthor board meeting too. It's not just a standard board meeting. He's standing tall, and you know, I mean, that was uh, there are so many movies in that time period made with a TV boardrooms. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> like, uh, uh, Broadcast news. <laughs> Scrooged. Scrooged. I defy you to no name bar. one other one. Yeah, no oh, darn There's it. so many parallels between this movie and Scrooged. That's not even funny. Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, yeah. Kurt Fuller. It's basically a shot for shot remake of Scrooge. It yeah. is, essentially, you know, without the moral message. Or plot. <laughs> so, Scott, uh, I wanted to talk to you, like, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, just talk to you in general. Uh, we've never talked to you before. We've never. Uh, how did you get into wrestling, and uh, when was when was your first exposure to No Holds Bar, but specifically the WWF? Um, I got into wrestling when I was, I think it was before WrestleMania six, and I was flipping through the channels, and I saw The Ultimate Warrior, and I was like, I mean, that was the point of The Ultimate Warrior. You flip through channels, and you would see him, like, what the hell is this? You know, yeah. and then... <laughs> Then you're like, oh, man. And then, like, I knew Hulk Hogan because everybody knew who oh, Hulk yeah, Hogan yeah. was. And so they were wrestling. He's like, oh, Hulk Hogan's going to have a really – this guy is just as strong as Hulk Hogan. And uh, so I stopped and I watched it, and I kind of slowly got into it. And then by the summer of, like, 1990, I was getting the magazine and, and you know, renting all the pay-per-views um, at the – you know, grocery store. That's probably where my first, I never rented No Holds Barred. I don't know when I saw it for the first time. <laughs> it was probably on TV. I think it was in high school because I remember my friend Larry, he kept, <laughs> the, the quote that he would always quote from the movie is, you build bigger, bigger walls than I ever could. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why you would quote that line because <laughs> it was just such a weird line from all um, um, But, yeah, that was uh, um, yeah, I was hooked, and then yeah, I just remember eating pop tarts and reading the magazine, and they would do all the still frames from all the pay per views, and you'd be like, oh my always God. bloody. They were always so bloody. What the uh, <laughs> magazine photos? No, yeah, they're well, maybe. Oh wait, maybe I'm thinking of the other ones. Oh what, those. What, 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 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you like the like the offshoot ones yeah. where they had like the. The really dark photographs. We'd go to Kroger's and there'd be a whole like yeah. section of wrestling magazines, and everybody was so bloody. <laughs> it was it. You can't get away with that. And today. they treated it like it was real, like it was oh like, yeah, legit. Yeah. Like and so they would like rank all the wrestlers and and I didn't watch. You know, when you first start out, you would just watch whatever you, you, you can, and like you slowly like yeah. Oh, this is wrestling too. We watched WCW Saturday Night, and it was like yeah. this is. This is terrible. <laughs> like this production is just like <laughs> it's because he's just like. But I, I mean, WWF was at its peak as far as like yeah. the, it was brightly colored, and you know the, the production was I think far better than WCW at that point. And um, I just remember getting irritated with like. Jim Ross keeps calling a pen a lateral press. He's just covering <laughs> it. You don't need to like describe it like the, that detail. <laughs> lateral press. <laughs> One, two, three. All right. All right. Lateral press now. <laughs> <laughs> but then Jim Ross became like the best of both worlds where he could do, you know, yeah. he could commentate. But uh, I remember that. Yeah, that was like, because it was made for a Southern audience and it was just starting to broaden out. Yeah. Like it was that very like, uh, WWF was like very like you know different. I mean, it was from New York and it was based on that style, and then it kind of had like a you know I, I don't know like a more universal like yeah. And that was 
Vince hated the South, so no one spoke with an accent. So if you had a Southern accent, you were an idiot. <laughs> and I was from the North. I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm from the South, technically. Yeah, so. So, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I don't know those viewpoints anymore. But I believe Vince was... <laughs> I think Vince was raised in the South, wasn't that's he? That's why. That's what they suspect that he was raised uh, in the South. He did not like it, and so he he wanted to rid. Yeah. That's like Shivani, Tony Shivani. That's why they think he fired, got fired. Although I don't think he was as good as Gorilla or Vince himself, and play by play when he was in WWF. Or but. Bobby Heaton. No. Bobby Heaton. Oh my God, Jesus! Jesus. Heel. Guys. <laughs> that, 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 that's a good transition for me. That's what hooked me mm-hmm. on the WWF. Now, when I was watching it, I never really had an interest in wrestling until around the same time Scott's referencing. And I happened to, on an episode of Primetime Wrestling, I'll remember this, yeah, yeah. with Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan, and oh they were God. just riffing. And I'm like, this is wrestling? This is pretty <laughs> awesome. That Heenan guy's hysterical. And he is. Bobby Heenan is a comedic genius. Yes. Uh, and one of the greatest, like, Talents and entertainment that I've ever mm-hmm. seen. And Gorilla Monsoon was a great straight man to Bobby the Brain Heenan. They had yes. great chemistry. And that's the thing that got me hooked into the wrestling was listening to them riff on each other and talk about stuff. Yeah. And and, and I know what I responded to was like, it, it, I wasn't heavily into sports, but this was entertaining. They had characters that yeah. were larger than life, and, and there was an absurdist humor to the whole thing. It was always slightly tongue-in-cheek, yeah. not enough to take you out of, of getting involved with the storylines, but enough to kind of let you in on that we are aware that this is a ridiculous scenario. Yeah. Like There was a self-awareness with the well, WWF. That's, that's our thing. At, at, like Lindsay and I always say, we like our sports with a storyline. Yes, <laughs> <me> too. <laughs> if it doesn't have it, we don't, we're not interested. And uh, and I got hooked, and and, I, and there's there's certain wrestlers I still like from that particular era, from like '84 to '92, that I have a soft spot. Like who? Like- uh, oh, I'll we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> okay. But, uh, the 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 big thing that got me like aware of wrestling at all was a, a book fair, like nine, had to have been '85 or '86. <laughs> And my yeah. mom bought me like this this book of of all the WWF wrestlers. It was right at the beginning of Hulkamania yeah, when he yeah, was yeah. first and first champion when Hogan first won his first title. And the book had like Hulk Hogan, and she was really pushing Hulk Hogan because at that point he was yeah. really taking off. Yeah. And Andre was in it, and I was blown oh, wow. away by Andre the Giant when I yeah. saw that picture. Like this, there's a human being of that size. Ooh, yeah, yeah <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> and he had the junkyard dog Piper. Roddy Piper oh, was in there. Uh, Probably Paul Orndorff and all the guys from WrestleMania One. Yeah. That was kind of that that particular book was probably covering that era. Ace was Ace. In yeah, probably broken, Bob broken Orton, arm. Cowboy Bob Orton, and uh, King Kong Bundy. I'm sure made oh, an appearance God, King in there. Kong Bundy. Mm-hmm. Um, R.I.P. Yeah, to most of those people. So that, that, that book, had, like everybody but the the shitty ones. <laughs> so, so that book got hooked, and I think right after that, the Rock and Wrestling cartoon aired. Oh my gosh, I yeah, remember that. The Hulk Hogan's Rock, which is a terrible cartoon in retrospect, but. I saw it recently. The cartoon itself is terrible. Oh, yeah. The live action sequences, they have Heenan and Okerlund and, yes. and all those guys. It, it holds up tremendously. Like, it's really entertaining yeah. stuff, like they would do in the WWF program. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what I want to do with you right now is continuing this conversation. I'll start with Joel. Like, if you could name your five favorite wrestlers from that era, from like from 84 to 92, and why, and, and why they have like a special place for you. Well, of course, number one with a bullet for all generations is Rowdy Rowdy Piper. I uh, thought you were going to say Jack Bullet. Jack Bullet. <laughs> yeah, Jack Bullet. Um, he was just so great. Number two, of course, Rowdy Piper. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper was what got me into wrestling. Uh, 
I, I just, he, the thing that I always loved about uh, Roddy Piper was if he knew, if he knew he was going to lose, he, he was still like, I'm going to give you the biggest fight and you're going to know that like you were in a fight with me. And yeah. I just, I, I love that. I love that guy. I've met him. He's the most amazing person in the world. Uh, number two would be the Macho Man, Randy mm. Savage. Yeah. Uh, just because he was so charismatic and so funny. I mean, he answered his phone uh <laughs> on, on an episode, he the phone rings. He answers. He goes, "Yes, Macho Man is sexier than sex itself." Uh huh. Thank you. Bye. And then, they, and then I'm like, who was on the other end? Yeah. <laughs> what was that conversation? Um, plus the whole with Miss Elizabeth, the the pageantry, everything that he did. Like, and he, and he was just amazing in the ring. Roddy Piper, I love was a character not that great in the ring, but right, <laughs> but right. uh, but Macho Man was. Uh, Jake the Snake, holy mm-hmm. crap! Mm-hmm. Number three, uh, he was. I I am scared to death of snakes, <laughs> and so uh, and so somebody that came out wearing a snake, basically, or not wearing a snake, but had him in a bag, and uh, just the whole being very quiet when he <laughs> did his promos, you know, and that made it, it was that sounded like oh. Macho Man. <laughs> <laughs> they merged into one. Thing. Oh yeah, I could do. Darkness. I could do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the snake, yeah. Would they be um, the mega snakes if they were <laughs> the mega snakes? Yeah. Uh, wow. Where are we on number four? Yeah. Oh man, I know. Oh well, probably Undertaker. Undertaker because mm. he's a legend. He's like the Johnny Cash of wrestling. Like you can't really right. Like he was this big. That was so great because when he came out, he could not be defeated. Like nobody could defeat him, not even Hulkster himself. And it was, wow. it was, there was like this magicness with, uh, with, uh, Paul Bearer with the urn and like the mm. time that they took off the top and just light was shooting mm-hmm. out of it. And oh my God, dude. Yeah. He has the most impressive debut in the history of the WWF. Yes, he, he came does. as a surprise guest on the million dollar man, Teddy Biasi's survivor series team. Yes. And I was blown away. Like who the fuck is this guy? Do, do you he guys, was so imposing. Do you guys know his original name? Was it mean Mark Callis? I think. No, no, no. no. Like it, his oh, original. Kane, right? Kane, the undertaker. Yeah. I remember Kane, the undertaker. He was originally managed by Brother Love right before uh, Paul Bearer. Which, was weird, which, is which I always thought was weird. We're like, why is this colorful guy with this dark guy? But, <laughs> and uh, I guess my last one would be, geez, there's so many to pick from. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Junkyard Dog. Ah, just because one. he was he was so like, he's just, he's just so badass, man. <laughs> like, I don't know like who's going to. Who's gonna get that junkyard dog? Like nobody can. No. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That headbutt was probably the fakest move in wrestling, though. When he was <laughs> yeah. running around on all fours and headbutting people. <laughs> yeah. The other guy had to really sell the shit out of that. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, my head is. There was a racial stereotype that everybody that's not white, their cranium is super hard. Yeah. Or like Samoans, black people. You know, like if they headbutted you. 
Oh. This was understood in wrestling, oh, right? Oh, okay, in wrestling, yeah. okay. Not in real life. No. <laughs> I, I do not hold Please clarify that. I just, that for I just want to go on record that Savage Tech Industries feels <laughs> that everybody is equal in every way. <laughs> so does Cinema Wheeler Tech Industries, from my vantage point. The thickness of our, our skulls are all the same. Right, right. We'll be issuing an Which apology. You know, no, no, there is uh, some archaic viewpoints in wrestling. Um, no. <laughs> Wait, What? <laughs> The, I'm, the same, I'm the same group that goes to Saudi Arabia. Let's <laughs> get political in this. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Especially, it was more uniform in, in, the, in the 80s. So, um, But yeah, Jungle Dog was great. Probably the biggest star in the WWF at oh, the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, outside of Hogan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Did, he, did he win a title, Junkyard Dog? Not in WWF, but I think he won in like Mid-South. And oh, yeah. He was... He, Collected titles outside of WWF, yeah. yeah. Probably like the biggest. I think the three biggest baby faces in the '80s were probably Hulk Hogan, Junkyard Dog. In terms of like, yeah, like, and Dusty Rhodes were probably the three. Dusty Rhodes and and also uh, uh, Andre the Giant. I was gonna say oh, Andre. Andre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andre. Andre was almost like his own orbit. You know, it's just like yeah. No, yeah, right. yeah. That's like right. I was gonna say Dusty Rhodes, but like Junkyard Dog was just like a just. Uh, uh, but also, there's the there's the uh, hard times promo, and you can't ever compete with the hard times promo. No, and, ah, that's I don't a, know. That's dude. a tough one. Dusty's <laughs> Dusty's huge for oh, me too. Yeah, yeah Dusty's. A, um... So me, so uh, we're going to Scott's top five. Yeah, oh. Scott, what is your top five? <laughs> um, and you can't name anything that I named. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, possible. <laughs> that's impossible. I got at least a few of them. Um, so top five. So. I think Bret Hart was my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Hitman. Real, just... real quick, were you, uh, uh, Sean? Were you a were you a uh, HBK kid? <laughs> and then he was a, a Hitman kid. And did oh. you guys like feud over that, and, and it tore your uh, brotherhood apart? I think I, 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 I no, I was a Max Moon kid back oh, then. Okay. No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> I was. Uh... Do you know who Max Moon was? You probably would never. You probably weren't familiar with Max Moon's. Was it? Uh, I, I don't know who Max Moon is. Yeah. Max Con- Moon was, was a really terrible Conan and WCW. Oh, Con- yeah, 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 yeah. Conan. Oh, that was Max Moon. That was Max Moon. Max Moon. It's, look it up. It's, oh, okay. it's a it's really crazy. talk yeah. about bright colors. That okay. guy was loaded. Yeah. That was a gimmick. Um, I don't mean to interrupt, guys. I but no, no, no. Start some trouble. I, I do admire Shawn Michaels. I, I think he's a great athlete. But I was not yeah, like uh, a mark necessarily. <laughs> for yeah, Shawn Michaels is a mix, but there's. There's great stuff there for sure. I'm not going to name him, but Shawn Michaels is definitely. If someone named Shawn Michaels in their top five favorite wrestlers, I don't think anybody would would would. Uh... I would. I thought he was bullshit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was great. He was. Yeah, great. I mean, it was great when you. I mean, the Rocker stuff is. I mean, watch the Rockers, yeah, yeah. New Orient Express. Is is their matches are always still fire. even. Well, I mean, not today, but like, because <laughs> this last match wasn't that great. But, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, his real last match was great. His yeah. real last match was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> his his uh, balding <laughs> Saudi Arabian match. <laughs> Might I add on the topic of Shawn Michaels that, number one, I'm going to say Marty Janay is underrated. Oh, too. yeah. Great, I will, I will agree with that 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And the moment when Shawn Michaels throws Marty Janay through the barbershop window is one of the great, all time great segments in the yes. WWF. If you have to Watch that. That's that's a must see. Oh my! I think th- I'm gonna I'm gonna be controversial. There's yeah, some yeah. rockers are better than the uh, the the uh, rock and roll express because they're more 
rock and roll. I no, think. I do. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I will agree with you 100% on that yeah, one. Yeah. That's not a controversial opinion. <laughs> well, they, they did say in the promos they're rocking, they're rocking and rolling, so uh, take them for their award. It is weird watching rock and roll. They, they were balding like in 85, and they're like these, oh my god, these are like the cutest guys. Like, it's like, no, the rockers. Those are yeah, the guys yeah. that you can actually put them on the magazine. You know what's crazy is that the Rock and Roll Express is still wrestling for NWA right now. And, and they're great. And no, they are not. Right. <laughs> but they were, they were, they were legitimately a fun. Oh, yeah. uh, they yeah, would yeah. have great matches. But uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you with no, the, no, the no. But who's your two? Who's your two? <laughs> why didn't say why I like Bret Hart? Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, explain. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Do you have to? He's the greatest as ever. <laughs> I, I want an explanation after the Montreal, <laughs> after Montreal screw job. I, I need an explanation. Well, to me, Bret Hart. I mean, he's one of the best tag teams of all time. With oh the yeah. Hart Foundation. Um, he. Had one of the great, greatest feuds with Owen Hart. Yes. Um, he had uh, one of the best WrestleMania matches with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was a great feud. One of the best heel turns. Oh, my gosh, yes. And, and not the, only was it a heel turn, it was just a heel turn here in the United States. Yeah, yeah. He was still a baby face around the world. Yeah. That is so hard to do. And probably <laughs> the most underrated faction in the history of wrestling is the Hart Foundation. Everything they did was, was oh, yeah. great. I mean, that whole... It was, they were only together like six months, but the whole thing was... Yeah. I mean, Brian Pillman, which is oh, underrated. Flying Brian. Flying Brian, and Luis Owen Kim. is great, and then... Bulldog and then Nyhart. It was it was great. So my number two would probably be the Macho Man Randy yeah. Savage. Who's probably the most I think overall the best performer. Yeah. If you think promo, wrestling, and character. Uh, I don't think Ric Flair would probably be up there. Oh my too. gosh, Ric Flair. Um that can do all three at high level. But the Macho Man, I just like how crazy he is and his promos were made. You know, his 86, yeah. 87, 88 promos are, oh my are cocaine filled. Yeah. 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 It's just perfect. He got He's, a little small. The only downgrade is like when I was peak into the wrestling, he was peak camp, you know, like yeah, with yeah. that. Like he, he was, his whole body was covered with something. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was, no, the only part you saw I was his beard. <laughs> you always saw his beard. Really? The only part <laughs> was his beard. He had glasses on the hat. And with, like, with the feather that, that yeah. shot up like oh, six yeah. feet, yeah. like yeah. the ostrich feather or whatever. Yeah. That was hindsight. It's, it's pretty awesome because he yeah. was covering up his body because he wasn't on steroids anymore because he wanted to have kids or something. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of stories on that time. And then you got the WCW, and they didn't care about what you were taking. And so yeah. he just, like, shredded up. Shredded up again. Oh, um, but uh, And then he became, like, really, like, salacious. You yeah. know, like, uh, he was kind of like a pimp or something. I don't yeah, know. towards the end when he had, like, the three girls with him, yeah. and he was the, they just started calling Mach. And yeah, like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was weird. That's when he was at that massive build for Spider-Man, right? Like, yes. yeah, yeah, when he was playing Bonesaw, which is one of the best moments oh, of that movie yeah. when he oh, comes in. Get down. Bonesaw is ready. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great, actually. That's a great impersonation. Yeah. So the number two, uh, number three would be Jake the Snake, which is my first oh. favorite wrestler. Oh my uh, god, yes. The oh. DDT is the best move in the history and then obviously the promo and then his, he never had like a signature he, I thought he was great. He was always great in the rain. He always looked awesome. Yeah. Um but he never had like that all his matches like ended like in schmazes. Like yeah. it, he rarely or he, a DDT. Yeah. I'm sure there's some good Rick Rude matches. So I'm sure. Well, his his uh, yeah. match with uh, uh Ricky Steamboat was Yeah. holy Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic match. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Macho Man's yeah. Ricky's. 
Ric Flair's Ricky's. Yeah, Ricky Steamboat. Maybe it should be his Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> I, know, I, I haven't mentioned Steamboat at all. In his Ricky podcast. Steamboat. Was, had so many talk about your uh, white meat baby face. Yes. Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, that's Ricky Steamboat's awesome. So now number four would be uh, Saba Simba. No, <laughs> just that character. <laughs> no, uh, but um, number four, Papa Shango. <laughs> Papa Shango. I love Papa one. Shango. Papa Shango is pretty awesome. I, yeah. Papa Shango was a great gimmick, and it just the matches didn't live up to the gimmick. Yeah. If it was just his, like, just making people puke, it would be great. I love it. It's the curse, big man. It's the curse. Mr. Perfect's my number four. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. So, Mr. Perfect, who's. I can watch any Mr. Perfect match. Any Mr. Perfect was great at everything, too. Yes. Um, Legitimately. Legitimately. Like, great athlete. Everything about the wrestling he was good at. Um,. I, I don't think I have spit out a piece of gum since 1990 <laughs> well, without spitting it. in it mm-hmm. and, like, hitting it. That's <laughs> so hard. That's a lot harder than you think it is. Or throwing her towel, you know, on somebody's shoulder. Oh, there, there's a great moment where he throws a towel behind his back and it lands perfectly on Mr. Hughes' shoulder. <laughs> and it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. And the smirk that Mr. Perfect gets, like, he didn't expect it to happen <laughs> that way and he sees it. But at first he's surprised and he's like, Oh yeah, I'm Mr. Perfect. So it's like this. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, you know, it's just perfect, <laughs> perfect. Um, so yeah, Mr. Perfect, and you know, I'm gonna go um, just off the. I'm gonna say the Big Boss Man. Is oh my god, yeah, that's a weird Big one, but I'm just like that comes. Oh to no, mind. I totally get it. Yeah, Big Boss Man too. was awesome. Oh, oh his, he's fantastic. Oh, when he uh, when he slimmed down. And came back with the riot gear. Oh, oh my god! Oh, the riot gear. We came back in with the riot gear, r- driving the Blues Mobile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Blues Brothers. <laughs> yeah, he had the most messed up uh, storylines when he came yes. back, uh, <laughs> serving people their dead dog, <laughs> uh, and then stealing people's dead. Um, but no, well, I mean, yeah, even dads. It, it, yeah. it was like his, his heel turn when he was just like they would actually make characters just for yeah. him to fight, like nails. And uh, we saw the nightstick on the pool match, you know. That was awesome, got to see yeah. Him. But he was always like, he was just like, just like, he just felt real. He felt like, oh, this guy's going to bust yeah, you yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So There's the famous feud with the Mountie, the Jacques Rougeau, who oh I love Jacques Rougeau, very yes. funny wrestler. Mm-hmm. And he owned the Mountie gimmick to a, to a T. Mountie went against uh, Roddy Piper in Royal Rumble. Yes. yes. Roddy wore a, uh, was it shockproof vest? That was yeah. my favorite yes. thing where he had like where the Mountie had the uh, the cattle prod that he would zap people and then and then pin them. That's but, a fun match, by the way. I think but it's a oh yeah. Piper, a being the smart man that he is, wore a shockproof vest yeah. and it said shockproof vest. <laughs> on, on it. So like you knew, yeah. <laughs> you got to play to the last row. They have to know what's going on, you know. Yeah. You but that, that's wrestling. You, you, there's no like you, there's no mints and words. There's no gray area. It's like do you just freaking tell them? Like, yeah, this is a shockproof vest. I cannot get shocked on this. So that's the greatest yeah. moment is Mountie went to go shock him, and, and Piper sold it and dropped. Yeah. Mountie turned around and was like, yeah. And then Piper got right back up. As soon as he turned around, eye poke. <laughs> 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 and then Love beat it. the shit out of him. <laughs> so what are your five shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of Roddy Piper, yes. I would be my number one as no well. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Rowdy Roddy Piper. 
well, one thing with Look my out, Scott, he's my brother now. I know. <laughs> uh, we have that in common. I actually had my parents purchased an autographed picture of Roddy Piper. I never met him. Uh, but I did exchange a tweet with Jake Roberts and Roddy Piper. No way. Piper and, and Jake were on Twitter exchanging how much they loved each other. Yeah. And I got in because, you know, you can respond on Twitter. So I just said, yeah. you two are both geniuses and you're brilliant and I loved your work. Jake never replied, which is perfect because yeah, yeah, you don't want Jake yeah, to reply. Yeah. But 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 Piper didn't reply. Oh shucks, thank you, man. I really he was like really flattered by yeah, it. And yeah. I was like, oh cool. I, my, one of my heroes loved what I had to say about their work. Yeah, that made me feel the, really good. Everybody, he was the biggest bad guy, but he also knew that uh, the fans is what pay, he he said to me when when I met him. <laughs> right. He said uh, he said uh, <laughs> I was like I don't mean to like I'll, I don't mean to take up any your time or anything like that. And he was like, no, you put my kids through college. Like, yeah, I have all the time you need. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, he's he's amazing. He yeah, is. Yeah. The reason I love Piper, uh, number one, I love anybody who's quick on the mic and quick witted, and yes. he was brilliant. I mean. If you listen, an example is his WCW uh, promo against Hulk Hogan in the ring yes. about their history is yes. amazing. That's that's a good starting point for anybody. You the Piper. never pinned me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's twisted because now Piper in this feud is the baby face, and yes. Hulk Hogan's the heel. Hollywood yes. Hulk Hogan with yeah, the beard. Yeah. Uh, but I also I, I, like I love Piper. I actually think Piper was a great baby face wrestler, even though he had a great heel run initially oh, no, in '85. Yeah, he had an edge. He was all it was all about personal integrity for Piper yeah. as a baby face. And he never... didn't really change his character that much. No. He just uh, just kind of changed the intent just a little bit. And it was oh my god, yeah. He was he was he was intense in a way that was really captivating when he yeah. would get angry. Like his feuds were blood feuds. Like oh, he, god. they weren't just regular feuds. They were like personal and Speaking of that uh, uh Hulk Hogan uh Roddy Piper match, that one I know it's a horrible match. But there's this part where he gets, uh, where he lays Hogan down, and then he just starts ripping out Hulk Hogan's hair. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, 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 and oh my god, it is it is wonderful, man. Yeah. It's hard to have a match when neither of them want to be pinned. <laughs> yeah. You can't end it in a, a satisfying way. Yeah. And we have to acknowledge Piper's Pit, which was a great oh segment where he yes. would interview wrestlers. I mean, the Hogan-Andre feud for WrestleMania three, it was Piper had a huge role to play in that by pushing it over. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had a great, like, I think it was his retirement match with, like, was it Adrian Adonis at WrestleMania three, which is a yes. fun match to yes. watch, you know. Because that guy was a character, too, Adonis. But, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> you don't want to listen to crowd reactions during that time. Uh, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, just mute it and watch Little it. Homo- <laughs> a lot of homophobia going on. And, and, and Piper, we get into some controversial angles. The Bad News Brown WrestleMania 6 match. We won't talk about too much. Yeah. That, but, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I get, pushing the boundaries, though. Yeah, but, I mean, a, a great talent. And uh, that's, that would be my number, number one. Number two is going to be Ric Flair. Woo! Yeah. An obscure yeah. name. Uh, yeah. Flair is better known as like an NWA WCW wrestler, but he did have a great run during that time in the WWF yeah. when he came in as the real world champion. He brought a belt from another federation in that Bobby <laughs> the Brain Heenan, who we mentioned earlier, was yes. promoting. And he had this great run. He was feuding with Roddy Piper, yeah, which was outstanding to watch those two go head to head. The two greatest, yeah. two of the greatest yeah. wits, yeah. You know? Oh my god, yeah. And then Hogan, obviously, they were promoting. But then he had a great match with Randy Savage at WrestleMania Eight, yeah. which I highly recommend. And his stable at that time was great. It was uh, 
I think Bobby Heenan was his personal advisor. He didn't have a manager, and Mr. Yeah. Perfect was his executive consultant. And that, like the Hart Foundation, when Scott was mentioning earlier, that might be one of my favorite heel yeah. stables was okay. that Ric Flair contingency. Um, so that would be number two. Number three, Jake the Snake Roberts. Yes. Who I actually met in person, one of the yeah, few wrestlers. Yeah, me too. Yes, yeah. yes. So cool. Jake, again, like Piper, he had a great heel run that people remember when he fed the Macho Man to a King Cobra, <laughs> which is one of the most infamous. And then two uh, days later, the Cobra died. <laughs> the Cobra died because the Macho Man killed it, you know. Yeah. But Jake was also, like Piper, a great baby face that was about personal integrity, great promos, very philosophical, intense, yeah. and funny, too, in its own oh, yeah. way. Dryly oh, yeah. funny. Uh, the, th- the I think the three in my top three are great talkers. They were all great yeah. on the mic and were able to sell themselves and were, were articulate and oh, smart. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, those three. Number four is going to be Mister Perfect. Yes. Uh, yeah. really entertaining guy. The the quintessential conceited heel. You know, a guy that thought he was better <laughs> than everyone else, and but he also backed it up with with great wrestling. He did. and just at what his vignettes where he would just like toss a ball behind his back and it would sink and he'd be like perfect <laughs> you know like, yeah. i still think the texas tornado is the strongest guy in the world because of that <laughs> match. Yes. he made the, the texas tornado look like the most <laughs> amazing yes and uh only had one foot yeah the texas, I know. Tornado. yeah. yeah the texas tornado only so had not only one did foot. he do good but he also did it with one freaking foot watch <laughs> texas tornado punch mr perfect and mr perfect does like Three yes. spins uh, in the air. It's amazing. See, that's like a. Well, oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to give you, but uh, there's this match in like late Raw where uh, it's the third time or whatever Hogan came back, and Hogan is like in his 50s, and he goes against Shawn Michaels on this match in Raw, and uh, the backstage thing was um, Shawn didn't want to didn't want to do this match because when he was coming up, Hogan refused to like sell for him or anything like that. Yeah. And Vince was like, well, goddamn, buddy, you got to go out there, buddy. <laughs> and so he went out there and then all he did was sell for Hulk Hogan. And you want to talk about like Hulk Hogan would like barely tap yes. him and he would go flying across <laughs> the yeah. ring and, and like go over the top rope and get back up. I'm like, what's going on? And, like, <laughs> and, like, it was, it's the, it's the most amazing right. match. <laughs> I love guys who can take bumps like yes. that, like yes. that, that, especially heels. It, it, Cause it's brilliant physical comedy. If you do it well, yes. it's like it's rivals, nice. Buster Keaton and Chaplin and all those guys. And yeah. uh, Mr. Perfect was great at that. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. would take these, he would flip in the air when he would get hit and just and fly over the top rope. I mean, it, oh, so look, I always say the look on his face when someone would get get kind of a move on them. Yeah, it was per. It's hard to say anything to not be punny with Mister Perfect because it's like because he did so everything so well. But the look on his face, like how the heck does this guy do this <laughs> yeah. every match? And they would always do it. It was always an incredulous look of. of and like, I remember how? you were yeah. you were just Texas Tornado fan. Yeah, I liked the Texas Tornado <laughs> probably because Mister Perfect made him look like a million bucks. You know, I'm sure Kerry Von Erich yeah. is a great wrestler, but uh, I'm sure Mister Perfect had a lot to do with the reason. Oh like, yeah. yeah, that's why I'm now Mister Perfect is my, my favorite. Over yeah. the Texas tornado, <laughs> and he had a great chemistry with Bobby Heenan as his manager too. Oh, yeah. That was probably the yeah. quintessential Heenan family member. Was Mr. Perfect? Yeah, they were. They had the best chemistry, I think, of any of the. the, uh, the yeah, yeah, the Heenan guys. Um, number five. Speaking of taking bumps, is the Million Dollar Man Ted? Oh Davey, my gosh! Yeah. Yes. Uh, brilliant. Like I love heels and I love villains, and the, the last two guys on my list are like great villains. The Million Dollar yeah. Man. Ted DiBiase's promos, for one, like a rival of the guys we've mentioned. You yeah, know, he was great on the mic. Uh, 
he, the quintessential corporate greedy character, yes. you know, uh, just had his own belt. He was really conceited. I love that. I love the fact that he couldn't get his own belt, so he went and he made his own belt. Oh, those, those, <laughs> that those, is the greatest. Those belt vin- vignettes are the yes. best thing with the cape and then yes. was the cape uh, and then like greedily like, like oh. yes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, the greatest laugh to the ah. Uh, you almost yeah. couldn't hate him because he was so loved that belt. Like, yes. like yeah. it was like such... <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's an amazing, and, and uh, if you want to watch a great feud from this time period, I highly recommend you watch on YouTube or the WWF yeah. Network, the Jake the Snake Roberts Million Dollar Man Teddy Biasi yes. feud. There's so much happening. The Big Boss Man turns babyface during yes. that feud, uh, and it's those two at their peak, two, two guys running at their peak form of you know, who they were. You know what's so funny about that is that... Um, uh, Ted DiBiase, of course, was a uh, third-generation wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he grew up in the business and all sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and he he did like his time. But then he got this gimmick from Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon was like, "If I could be a wrestler, this is the wrestler I would be." <laughs> Which is funny because he ends up being that character. Yeah, he does. <laughs> like, Mr. McMahon is yeah, the yeah, million-dollar yeah. man. Yeah, but uh, he for for kayfabe, he booked first-class tickets. And had him ride in limousines, and, yeah. and WWE gave him a wad of cash and told him like, if you're ever if you ever eat, go to fancy restaurants. Here's a wad of cash. Buy everybody's dinner. Explain who you are. Like stand up and say, excuse me, everybody. I'm Ted DiBiase from Million Dollar Man. I'm I'm from WWE. You know what? Dinner's on me for everybody in yeah. here. You know, mm-hmm. like it was, yeah. and, and so uh, all the wrestlers hated him because he <laughs> ate at five-star restaurants and she got bird-class tickets and a limousine all to himself just because he had the he got the pick of the right character right. <laughs> that's a that's amazing but he was he was legitimately better than half of the rock oh my god yeah, <laughs> yeah no was, but he was again yeah. third generation wrestler man he was he really was great i mean that that fist drop he would do oh, oh. god yes oh i know i had a terrible neck because he'd do those bumps where he like he hit the rope and then he like bounced he like Topple over yeah. himself. Oh, and anybody that can put up with uh, with Vincent or Virgil <laughs> for as long as he did, like I, wow. I spent two minutes talking to that guy, and I'm like, ooh, how he was able to just spend time with that guy. He deserves he a does. state award, honestly. <laughs> I saw a clip uh, on that note of I think Piper was going off. I guess Virgil was became Vincent in the WCW, yes. and he kept saying, <laughs> "Stop it! I taught you how to fight." <laughs> Which yeah. references a feud I think where he trained Virgil. Virgil against the Million Dollar Man. Uh, yeah. Do you know why he was named Virgil? Uh, Dusty, right? Yeah, because of, as a dig to Dusty, and then when he went to WCW, uh, Dusty <laughs> named him Vincent. That's <laughs> <laughs> the way you do it. You yeah. um, but uh, I, I'm also a sucker for watching the Million Dollar Man in character make, like, in the Bobby the Brain Heenan make business transactions towards each yes. other. Watching those two gleefully try to make money off of the other was always always a yes. joy to watch. You know? Oh my gosh, yes, yeah, that was a great, that was a pairing for sure. <laughs> so now that we've gotten that out of our system, I guess we'll dive into the Vince McMahon WWF masterpiece, uh, No Holds Barred, produced and didn't like Vince McMahon. And I hear I heard that. Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon wrote this, and it makes perfect sense if that is the case. Yeah, I, I've heard that rumor too, and I've read that online. Like, I guess there was an original script that they both hated the script, and yeah. they started rewriting it the night before to correct it. Oh my gosh! But this feel because to me, I consider this truthfully. It, it is 
if you're looking at it objectively, it's a terrible movie. Let's face it. Like, it's not. Objectively? A- <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Again, it's like right. F you, Citizen Kane. Right. This is, yeah, exactly. This is, this is like, for me, like, I, I, I can put this in the category with Plan 9 from Outer Space and maybe yes. The Room. Yes. It's so bad, it's transcendently good. Yes. And it, right behind that, because only, only Vince McMahon can make a movie a bad movie like this. This could only be made by yeah. his 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 mindset. You know? Yes. It has all his trappings. Because when you see this boardroom meeting, it's <laughs> it doesn't have any basis on reality of how a boardroom meeting only his go. Only Vince McMahon's reality. Like, this is how I'd run a boardroom. Yes. <laughs> um, can, okay, so I think everybody says that Ted Turner started the wars by... by uh, by creating WCW and, and like buying off, and I think Vince McMahon started it by putting. Obviously, the the character that runs the network is supposed <laughs> to be uh, 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 Ted Turner. Yeah, and like I think Vince McMahon's the first one to fire shots because like they were just like friendly, whatever, until. Vince McMahon made this movie. It made him look like a complete and utter dick. Yeah, and then yeah. that's when Ted Turner was like, "I'm going to put all my money in it now." Yeehaw! <laughs> and, yeah. and, and like, and, uh, and that's I think that's what if he didn't make this movie, or if he made this movie and didn't make it about uh, Ted Turner, there I, I don't think they would have just kind of fizzled out after a little while. Yeah, but it, it's definitely about a, a network trying, like yes. Yeah, the, 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 I don't know if the Kurt Fuller character is a complete analog for Ted because there don't seem to be. He just seems I, like a, I think like, that's Vince McMahon's version of Ted Turner. Like, yeah. Well, it's definitely Vince McMahon's version of anybody but him running a network, like yeah. like this like just uh, empty suit guy yeah. with 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 empty suit guy that would that would uh, fire you if you sneeze in front of him. Yeah, kind he, of yeah, guy, he, but he, he didn't seem like he owned a it. A germaphobe that like is, <laughs> is all about like your employee. He he like goes yeah. berates his employees. There's no way that Vince McMahon is that character. You're right. <laughs> yeah, not, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, there's no, there's, there's uh, no self self reflection in that portrayal at all. Long to, uh, yeah. There's uh, no. Um, <laughs> It, 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 but yeah, you you watch it through that prism of of what the uh, what Hulk Hogan and well, Terry Bollea and their idea of obviously this is like Bizarro WWF like like things are like similar but there's like a yeah. few things that are like completely off. First of all, is it the WWF because they don't mention the WWF at all? But the turnbuckles have the WWF logo. Well, they also have the WWF logo on like if you look at the arena that's hanging yes. from the rafters. They have those. I think posts. they do. They say WWF champion. Yeah, but yeah. it's a white belt. It's not the it's the it's the championship belt of the time, but it has a white strap instead of the black strap and with the WWF yeah logo on the. It looks on like the, the Intercontinental strap. title. Yeah, and then it's got to be Bizarro World, but it's the bizarre it's the Bizarro World I want to live in, where wrestling is real, real. and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like and like the craziness of wrestling is throughout the entire world, not just in that arena. <laughs> I want to live in that world yeah. so bad. <laughs> in real wrestling, the good guys have managers and the bad guys don't. Yes. In fake wrestling, bad guys have managers. <laughs> that was the thing. Cause, like, he came down with like his 
brother and the, yeah. his trainer, which is definitely like we're gonna make people comfortable with this and just kind of show them kind of like a Rocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yes, like, that's exactly what they were going for the Rocky vibe, you know. With that. <laughs> but it's weird if, as a longtime wrestling fan, to hear Mean Gene give play by play. Yes, it's like that was off. Because that's not what their roles were. No, well, it was great to see Mean Gene for one, yeah. and Jesse the Body Ventura in yeah. those roles. Like that's yeah. what Ventura was definitely the heel commentator. So yeah. he was he was yeah. cast appropriately. Yeah. Look, McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> but he was supporting Rip, which he usually hated Hogan. So yeah, that was yeah. kind of interesting. But Mean Gene was usually the guy that would interview people during yeah. promos and book, but he would never do play by play normally. I don't think there, so. there's some, there's some like <laughs> off. Vince couldn't yeah. be there. Cause he was too busy writing the script. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. They couldn't get gorilla, I guess, because maybe yeah, they why, did, why Vince didn't put himself in that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, that doesn't seem like an easy, easy thing. That's but. at that time where he didn't want people to know that he was in charge for some reason. Yes. Yeah. It, they, it was just a play by play guy as far as yeah. we knew, but yeah. you'd always read in like pro wrestling illustrated Vince McMahon owned it. Like and I, my mind was blown when I found that out that Vince McMahon was the owner. The like, boring guy on commentary? <laughs> yeah, that guy? Vince McMahon, the straight lace guy, uh, which was not really Vince, but uh, I was like, wow, he owns it. I didn't realize that. Uh, but then I, eventually that got incorporated into the storylines. Yeah, stuff. yeah. He... But at this point, it was not, he did not want people to associate him as the owner publicly. No, he was, he was the milk toast. Yeah, I actually liked on screen, I have no there's no issues with Vince McMahon on screen. I mean, he's up until like 2002, he on screen character. Well, I well, actually do have issues. Like the mid 90s, he was absolutely horrible on commentary. Yeah, like, yeah. he was oh, yeah, desperate. Yeah. yeah. Um, over the top. Over the top. Um, but the Mr. McMahon character and his commentary with Jesse Ventura, like in early 90s, that, that stuff's good. I like that. I'm going to bring up this question right now. Maybe you guys can answer this. Um, modern day, like Vince McMahon in the past, like I would say seven years. Um, why is his eyes always so wet? He has the wettest eyeballs. <laughs> he looks strange. like he's on the verge. You of gotta be eye. wet when you come out. Of- <laughs> I want you, you wet. <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna cry. <laughs> I want you drenched when you're walking. I think that's his. He likes his wrestlers drenched when they walk <laughs> yes, out of the ring. Yes, he does. Which yeah. is, no one's ever that drenched inside a building <laughs> walking well, out. I like my men sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> well, the opening of, of No Holds Barred, he has that slow motion cut of Hogan's face in darkness going, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you're, we're, he's supposed to be our hero, and Hogan never grunted like that in, in the WWF, but here he wants Hogan grunting. Oh, like, uh, grunts all the time in this movie. In yeah. the movie oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to jump a little bit forward uh yeah this scene with the uh with the limo where he is just (laughs) 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 that's all he's doing the whole time he's he's basically i think that's where okay so vince mcmahon uh vince mcmahon started uh uh, the wars and i think hulk hogan inspired tim allen in just that one scene because it's just (laughs) 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 like the whole time that's what tool time originated he watched it on his coke binge tim allen and said oh that's what i should be doing right Uh, now apparently when you become a successful wrestler you learn you lose the ability to talk because zeus can't talk either oh no zeus he can say his name (laughs) and he he can't move his arms down and he can't talk (laughs) His name is what Tommy Tiny Lister is the name of the actor, right? Yeah, he played Zeus, who, who became a wrestler at, at one point, right? Uh, Not a wrestler. He was a guy in a ring. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. 
He stood uh, in a ring and just went Zeus. So <laughs> uh, uh, that's the biggest disappointment of Vince McMahon's career is yeah. that he he was absolutely completely inept. He had no ability. Whatsoever. No, no. Vince no. was probably like, I can make a million. You know. Yeah. Oh, damn, there's money to be made there. <laughs> so, for people not aware, Zeus, the character from the movie, ended up becoming Zeus, a character in the faux real life of the WWF for that same yes. summer during the promotion, and was paired with, thankfully, the Macho Man Randy Ooh, Savage. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, what do you think, Zeus? Zeus. And a million dollar man for a little bit. Right. Yeah. What's paired with guys who can work in the ring and actually are talented to get him over? <laughs> Because uh, all he could do was like put his arms up and smash or like, yeah. smash people or whatever. How can you not do anything? <laughs> like how could that's all you could do? Yeah. I, I think if you put me in a wrestling ring, I and you gave me some training, and yeah. I, I would figure out how to do something. Yeah, I. Uh... I guess I guess yeah. maybe it's maybe you're born with it maybe it's Maybelline I don't know <laughs> it's all well I mean they did the same thing with uh, with Mr T and Mr T was bad in the ring right, too yeah. so maybe just don't bring well, in not ba- uh, yeah I mean it's like well at least T could talk on the mic though yeah. like he could entertain you as yeah on the he mic. looked he looked good I mean I, I'm not wrestling is a very you it, it takes years to get good at it I'm, so yeah. I'm not saying you just walk in but like. All, all he was doing was like, ah, I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just really basic moves. He yeah. was, uh, the Warlord was not that much better. <laughs> he had a full yeah, career. The Warlord. So, so <laughs> the Warlord, basically, he was the Warlord. <laughs> oh, man, the Warlord. That, that, he must have really been, been sad. Like, you're stealing all my moves. <laughs> yeah, Zeus basically took the Warlord's spot. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Tommy Tiny Lister, I think he was pretty much cast as heavies in a lot of movies and yeah. like minor roles, and this was like his biggest role to yeah. date. Uh, modern audiences might best know him as the guy at the end of the Dark Knight, yes. who makes the decision for the Joker's boat challenge. You know, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he he actually, th- I think he throws. He's he, part of the criminal boat, yeah, and he throws the thing out the window, yeah, the the the, the uh, bomb yeah. detonator out the window. And he just goes. Well, a friend of me says, "Like, give it to me. I don't. I don't care," or something to that effect. In the movie, yeah, yeah. Like the president. <gasps> oh my gosh, that was Zeus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Zeus went back to jail. <laughs> he after he's the next guy. So oh Zeus, my god, they're in the same shared universe. It's the the same Smart, universe. And the Nolan Batman films are all connected. You know. Oh my god. So that means the Joker could face Rip at some Whoa. point. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know how Rip's doing. Like, yeah. We know how Hulk Hogan's doing in our universe. I wonder how Rip's doing. Yeah, in- <laughs> I wonder how Rip's doing in, in that, that area. But let's assume that Zeus is in The Dark Knight. Uh, uh, one point I wanted to part in the opening match is that that's Demolition Axe against yes. uh, Hulk Hogan. That's for, who that was. Okay, okay. Yeah. With, uh, with <laughs> eye makeup and frizzy hair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he was playing a character. <laughs> he, has, he? he has range. <laughs> Uh, so that's the opening opponent yeah. is is, def- is Demolition Axe from the WWF. There's yeah. a couple other. Uh, there's, I think Stan Hansen, who is a wrestler in Japan. He plays the uh, Neanderthal, uh, the teeny weeny guy. Yes, yeah, that's that's, that's Stan Hansen. Am but I not mistaken that Terry Funk is one of the guys auditioning for that tough guys battle? I thought that was I Terry didn't Funk. See Terry Funk. I, I think he was wrong. doing Roadhouse. Yeah, Terry Funk yeah. was in Roadhouse. That's God, he had an upgrade <laughs> in some ways. Oh my God. Yeah, no, no. He was in Roadhouse. Yeah, he was in Roadhouse. Because yeah. they, okay. were, they were filming. 
he had to have been on the press circuit or whatever because Roadhouse came out in '89. Yeah, came out same 90, year. So they were filming at the same time. So. This would have been a great double feature, by yeah. the way, in '89. Oh Roadhouse my god! Yeah, yes. holy there, shit! Let's make that happen. Well, Stan Hansen was basically <laughs> Terry Funk light. Yes, not light, yeah. but like. You, they played the Yosemite Sam cowboy gimmick, you know, yeah. like the crazy, like, oh, I, you know, like S- just, you know. So the last uh, last wrestling show I went to a couple years ago, uh, Terry Funk was there. And uh, so I go to this place called AIW, Absolute Intense Wrestling, shout out to them in, in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They operate out of a uh, operate out of this uh, gymnasium. Mm-hmm. There's always this concession stand of these guys that bring in pizzas and soda pops and beers, and they and that's what they do is they make extra money on the side. Terry Funk comes out in a hardcore match, takes the guy through the audience, throws him into the concession stand, <laughs> takes the 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 thing f- with the beers, throws it on him, takes pizza boxes full of pizza, gives <laughs> him like breaks the table, like uh, all the hot dogs. Start Jamming hot dogs down the guy's throat, like destroys the concession one match, and, and then and then and it goes well, bye, and then leaves, <laughs> and then the concession people are like, I guess everything's half off now. I don't know what to do. Like, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Okay, no shit, they got his upfront money. All right, guys, well. You banana noses. I'll see you. <laughs> Terry Funk is best known as like like a pioneer of hardcore wrestling, oh my gosh, right? That's yes, his, yes. what he's best known for. Death matches. Yes. <laughs> Chainsaw match. Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah. Um but uh I think Peter Dinklage has a role in this movie. He's the guy Does in the he? cage. That's, That's Peter Dinklage. I I, I it doesn't I look like IMDb I it's marketed on on IMDb. Is, is it, it really? on IMDb? I thought I saw it on Wikipedia and I tried to like Look on a wicked. Uh, I guess it's in question, but I did read. Uh, my sources could be corrupted, I guess, but I, I did. Oh uh, well, if it's Dinklage, if it's Dinklage in a cage throwing peanuts at guys, telling people to smile. Yes. Well, basically, mass murder is taking place. Like <laughs> that sounds like a Dinklage rule. It yeah, does. Yeah. It, does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it does. Very oddly enough, he returned to that same <laughs> basic themes. His first later. credited role was in '95. Peter Dinklage. So yeah, could maybe not. Uh, Vince probably I, did not keep track of the casting roster too <laughs> conveniently, I'm sure. Yeah. Get that little guy in a cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll sell some tickets. That is, I did see, no, I saw it and I was like, oh, I got to try to confirm this because it's like, I don't think the time frame matches up. But yeah. But uh, I couldn't, I saw, I saw that same thing. I was like, oh, Peter Dinklage, that's him. And I was like, I was looking at it and I was like, it kind of looks like, but then like, is that just because all little people look the same? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. You know, well, it's 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 at least in our dreams. It's yes. Peter Dinklage in that cage. Yeah. You know? yes. Even if it I don't mean they all look the same. I just mean like, is that the stereotype? <laughs> like someone is like, that's Peter Dinklage because he's the only one I know. <laughs> the the cast member I think that deserves the most recognition though is Kurt Fuller who steals oh, yes. this movie. Uh, he knows exactly what kind of movie he's in more than any actor I've ever watched on screen and owns it and sells the shit out of it. He had to have gained like 12 pounds from chewing up all that scene. (laughs) (laughs) He was just a gnawing and a chewing. I want it all. (laughs) (laughs) And he needed it because it's like if you're going to make a megalomaniacal network executive on a cartoonish level like that, That's the guy you want to cast, you know, because he makes Robert Duvall network look like a pussy. (laughs) Yes, yes, he does. He's amazing. Robert Duvall orders a a death, not to spoil network at the end of the network. Uh, (laughs) This movie, Kurt Fuller 
organizes murder, rape, yes, <laughs> kidnapping, just to get ratings. I yeah, mean, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh my god! And, and and just continually uses the phrase jockass. Jock <laughs> I've never heard before or since. No, no. But he says it seven times in the movie, you guys. He could patent that now because <laughs> he can really say jockass convincingly. Jockass! <laughs> He's oh most comfortable is in that bar yes. where it's total chaos. Yeah. Like, he is legitimately a... You <laughs> mean where that guy wants yeah. to bleed the old lizard? <laughs> yeah. and, and one of those stooges is, like, uh, I think it's David Pamer, who was an Academy Award winner uh, yes. for Mr. Saturday Night with Billy Crystal. He actually won an Academy Award. Wow. Oh, who was that? Who, uh, David Pamer. He's he's the, the, the stooge with the glass. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. two years later, he's an Academy Award winner, but he starts in Noel Holds Bard as a stooge. That's his name, this. David Pamer? I think it's David Pamer. Okay, okay, I have a theory if that, you know, uh, Dark Knight is connected to No Holds Bard. I think, okay, stay with me here. This guy obviously lost his job after his boss died, mm-hmm. and then he had to get into uh, mortgaging. And then he's the same character in Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> he's a he's a lone guy at a bank. Now. Right. He has this history of this weird Yes, network. exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, which might be more disturbing than anything that happens in Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> all the events here. Uh, but... Uh, but yeah, Fuller just owns it, yes. and that boardroom meeting is a masterpiece. Without him, this movie would not be as great as it is. It is, no. <laughs> and he makes it. Uh, he wears this character wears his motivations on his sleeve. He doesn't even hide anything. He's a terrible negotiator because <laughs> he wants Rip the character like Vince Hulk McMahon. Hogan plays. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> he, he he wants him on his television show on his network. So this meeting is like, I want you on my network because. I can pay you anything you want. You jockass. You jockass. That's just a negotiating <laughs> tactic. It's not to flatter him or give him like, oh, we love you, Rip. We, we love your work. You know, it's just yeah. like, I want you on my network because I can pay you a lot of money. Just straight out saying it. Contracts are just words. <laughs> well, I hear uh, Rip's word is his bond. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how strong that bond is when I get him into my negotiating. He gives him a blank check and he's yeah. like, yeah, like yeah. it's empty. Sign it. <laughs> like what? That's how checks work. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Terry Bollier as Rip. Yes, puts that check, stuffs it in Kurt Fuller's mouth, which apparently hurt Kurt Fuller. He was not anticipating it to go as far as it did when they were what? filming the scene. Oh. Yeah. oh my god! And it really took him off guard. I don't want to be around when this check clears. <laughs> yes, the classic line, but. Also reminiscent of what the million dollar man used to do, where he would stuff dollar bills in his opponent's yes. mouth after their defeat. So they're obviously, I don't know if it's a homage <laughs> to DiBiase there or what. Actually, but. looking back at that scene where he's supposed to be Ted Turner, where it's clearly Vince McMahon mm-hmm. running his organization, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's so crazy because um, it talks about how uh, Rip's word is his bond and he would never stoop to so low. And then literally a couple years later in real life, Hulk Hogan Dumps WWE and goes to goes to that network, to network. and the whole movie is built around how he would never do that in real life. He does it in like a heartbeat. Oh yeah, Hulk Hogan is exactly the, like every decision he would have in real life he would have made easily. <laughs> if the guy gave him a blank check, he's like, "When do I start?" <laughs> you know. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Thank you brother. <laughs> I will be around with this check cashes, dude. <laughs> <'Cause> I'm cashing. <laughs> Listen, brother, 
You'll, you'll definitely get as much out of that as I can. <laughs> We're best friends. I'm a sure. Call me Jackass, Jack, Jackass, as much as you want, brother. <laughs> well, I take a couple days to clear, but I'm, I'm waiting, brother. I'm waiting for it to, right, to land into my account. Um, then, oddly enough, because Rip turns down uh, Kurt Fuller's offer, gets involved with a limousine. Oh my uh, gosh! Kidnapping sequence. Yes. First of all, he. Uh, did anybody notice that uh, when the when he gets out of the limo, he jumps out of the top like yes. Rey Mysterio? <laughs> <laughs> Vince McMahon saw that. He's like, oh, I'm going to use that for a little dude sometime. <laughs> Smart, move. Smart move. A lot of slow motion entrances in this movie. Yes. yes. <laughs> and then there's a, which happened in every 80s action film, was a fight in a garage. <laughs> a street fight within a parking garage. Yeah. Which had to happen. Which ends with the infamous line, Dookie! (laughs) Dookie! (laughs) And then five minutes of just Hulk Hogan's face trying, wondering when the director's going to yell cut. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of grunting. Yeah, they they foe a bowel movement (laughs) in this movie. Have you, okay, have you listened to the John Moxley, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose uh, Jericho podcast at all? Like, Uh, yeah, I listened to some of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in that he, uh, this wrestler left WWE, he is now airing his grievances on this podcast. And one of the things was uh, he he wanted to stop because every time Vince McMahon heard a funny word, he would then assign that wrestler or I'm sorry, superstar that like whatever. So in this, in this uh, promo that Dean was going to say the word pooper scooper was in it. And he knew that if Vince McMahon saw the word pooper scooper, his whole gimmick would become based on a pooper scooper. So it was like him trying to find this promo before it gets before Vince to race that line. And now that I know that going in, the word dookie, <laughs> like, of course, Vince McMahon was dookie. <laughs> Put that in the movie. We'll make that a line. We'll make that the biggest line in the movie. <laughs> we'll make it into t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. That is so nuts. I know. It's nuts. Not only that, it's kind of an uncomfortable scene to watch in a way. Yes. You know, it's just very uncomfortable. I feel bad for that actor. Like, God, I, I'm not even getting paid that much for this role. If people are going to see me. Oh, you got to do that line reading. Dookie. Dookie. Yeah, like, are, are these aliens acting in this? Movie? <laughs> like, that's there's yeah. a lot of like this isn't. Well, he's shivering right before Rip rips takes down the limo door too. Yes, it's like who's the hero in this scene? Really, is the guy that's beating a crazed van? <laughs> um, I just want to say that the music in the in, in this movie is the best music. <laughs> it's the coolest, guys. Oh, it's, uh, it's the WWE... Jim Johnston, Jim right? Johnston. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all the WWF music. That's why yeah. it all sound like Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah. It does. <laughs> it all sounds like the sax, sax solos and everything, yeah. you know? You know, he fitted perfectly in the 80s because that sax has dominated every soundtrack yes. at that point. Yes, it in has. The <laughs> it's that Miami Vice vibe they're going for. Uh, the Royal Rumble theme song is is great, though. Yeah. Undeniably, yeah, I, I concur oh, with hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, they're all great um, in their own way for me. Did you know the reward for the Battle of the Tough Guys was hundred thousand dollars tax free? 
tax-free? <laughs> I know. I thought that was tax-free. How, how can how, they, how that means he has ties to the U.S. government. Right, 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 right. <laughs> the governments are for fools. <laughs> That's what Kurt Fuller would say. How do you make sure it's not that? <laughs> governments are for pussies, not for Kurt Fuller. That was definitely a fever dream. Like, imagine. That's the best prize. <laughs> that, that was Vince McMahon's, like, that's like, if I'm going to make a movie, I'm going to make sure that every payment is tax-free. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bernie Sanders would not like this film, I think. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> for a number of reasons. For a number for of reasons. Not just is this the movie why, is this why Hulk Hogan's racist? Because of what Zeus did to his brother? <laughs> oh no, that oh, yes. might be it. Oh, whose brother who ends up becoming I don't know if Hulk if Rip knows this, but his brother ends up becoming Satan later on in uh in uh Supernatural. Oh. So yeah. The title role of Satan is played by uh Rip's brother in No Holds Barred. Oh my god. I, oh my god, shared universe with Supernatural. I know. <laughs> what I love about this brother character is it's it's important only in the opening scene. We don't hear from him for the mid section of the film and he comes in at the very end. Like, he comes in yeah. at the very end, gets his butt kicked, and then his friend takes over the role that he previously was. <laughs> so like, it doesn't make any sense. This people, this movie, if you have not seen it, is batshit crazy. It is a batshit crazy in film. the best possible in the best way. possible way. <laughs> I mean that as a compliment. Like you really need to sit down and watch it because uh, it's insane. I mean, nothing. There's nothing that has any basis on how people behave yeah. in real life. Everything's cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nothing makes sense. The French restaurant scene, for one, is... Which, uh, fancy restaurant equals church, is, yes. is what I wrote down in my... Why is it that in is, a church? It's, it's so elaborate. They have a harp... A lady playing a harp on the roof of this church. In on the, the roof open. of this church. It, it is literally a church. It's stained glass with Jesus holding a <laughs> with a dove in his hand. And that's like this fancy church or this fancy restaurant that they go to that clearly Rip goes to all the time. Yeah, so. which church actually <laughs> let themselves donate to the whole, whole bar is beyond me. <laughs> and, they, and they had a – apparently the people that just start working there are the most – like obnoxious. <laughs> you want the ham? That's probably the most unrealistic portrayal of anything. You it? might want to try the hamburger or <laughs> hot dogs. <laughs> some, some French fries. That's my French fries. <laughs> what exactly is this charity work, by the way? It's just hanging out with kids in just, the park. Just hanging out with kids in the park. Yeah, <laughs> I don't shielding them from helicopters. My that's his. Work. Yeah, yeah. Rip, Rip back. <laughs> <laughs> He references charity work a number of times in this movie, but in a very vague way. You know, it's, it's that vague Hulk Hogan charity work where you just like lots of kids are yeah. congregated somewhere, and you just show up <laughs> and you walk around and you just I you will just s- bask in their uh, yeah uh, you, you know you just bask in their adulation. It's like not charity work. It's just like megalomania. <laughs> it's megalomania. But I will say this: for all of Rip's faults. He is a snazzy dresser. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every every outfit is on. You gotta wear a white belt. <laughs> you never know when you have the bench. <laughs> I gotta wear everything in spandex. Even my even my uh, do rag is spandex. Everything has to be spandex and, at all times. Part of my brand. <laughs> and even though he's he's wealthy and, and ultra famous, he still goes to the greasy spoons and dive bars <laughs> and knows everybody by their first name. Oh, you know? he destroys that restaurant. Yeah, and they <laughs> thank him for it. <laughs> The amount of money that they have to put into fixing the restaurant is <laughs> far greater versus than versus the money that they took. <laughs> it's unbelievable. 
Uh, <laughs> and he does extra in that fight. The fight is over, and he, d- he still throws them across the like, you know. <laughs> oh my god! Throws pies at him. Oh my god, guys! Yeah. This is a great. Movie. <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, press pause, go see this movie, and then come back and subscribe to the Wheeler Cinema Wheeler. Dub 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 dub. Yeah, yeah. And watch and, watch, and listen to the forty five podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this movie has. Has done it all leads up to this movie. It always you leads have to, up. It's a clear, coherent steer, story from episode one of this podcast up until now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So we get to the. Let's talk about the final act where there's going to be a battle of the tough guys versus with Hulk Hogan versus the, the the ultra nemesis Zeus and Kurt Fuller. The way that the villains design their rooms to watch the match, it's it's not just like when people just watch a match normally in movies. No, they turn it into a James Bond villain yes, lair. Yes, they kidnap Hulk Grip's girlfriend, who was in Baywatch, by yes, the way, uh, Joan Severson. Yes, right? yeah. uh, uh, and then later on, there's a crossover with Baywatch where Hulk Hogan and Macho Man uh, guest star in an episode of Baywatch. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. If you haven't seen it. Please watch that episode. I've seen one clip of it. Isn't Ric Flair in that Ric episode? Ric Flair is in it. So is uh, so is uh, uh, Vader. Okay. Uh, Dennis yeah. Rodman's in it as as Hulk Hogan's like valet. I guess it, it's crazy, man. What I love about the clip that I watched was that Hulk Hogan is very subdued. Weirdly, when Hulk Hogan is in the WWF, he's over the top, charismatic as hell, really engaging, yeah. funny. But when he tries to downplay that, it gets flat. Yes, but. Macho Man and Ric Flair go to 11. Yes. <laughs> as if yes. they were wrestling. It's it is amazing to watch them riff it off each other. It is amazing. Yeah. If, uh, if Ric Flair played the executive in this movie, I mean, Kurt oh. Fuller's great, but, but, yeah, yeah. but Ric Flair, this, that would be <laughs> amazing. But. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> you jackass. Woo! You know. Jackass. Woo! Jackass. Woo! <laughs> but the villains in this, they have this layer. Like, I think uh, David Pamer's character, they kidnap Joan Severson yes. and keep her in a room. And then Kurt Fuller has his own room on top of that, which is dark in front of all this electronics. Like, why would an executive pick this room to watch this match? <laughs> I mean, it's- yeah, unless it was like in the, like, the Netlark studio or something yeah. like that. But it looked like a studio. Maybe that's the reason for it. But yeah, it's 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 insane. It's a battle to it's and all those people are there dressed up. I don't think they know what they're. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> they just said don't. to come up. They, we thought this was going to be a buffet. I don't understand why we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're watching these two guys. Literally, two people died in the most very gruesome ways. <laughs> Wait, this isn't a church. This isn't a fancy restaurant. How are you? <laughs> yeah, this clearly fooled into the. Because I know a lot of you know, in a lot of television shows that are starting out, they they just pull people from anywhere in the audience just yeah. to get a crowd going, and I have a feeling that's what happened here. They're just pulling <laughs> just random people. Like, what are we getting into? I don't know what they were they were trying to kidnap her so that he would be lost without her, or he'd be thinking about. I don't know. Well, prior doesn't he agree to the match because he goes into a fake room? I mean, Fuller's character is a full fledged Bond villain. Yeah. At this point. Oh, that that workout room where he's looking for Zeus, and <laughs> it's it? just a video of him. Rip says the worms are better, than, <laughs> are too good for you. Rip it's says over and over again. Yeah. It was, oh my god, guys, this is a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, yes, this right. is the best movie ever made. <laughs> it like, is. It's insane. It's Where insane. is this place? I, I would love to be a fly on the wall 
watching Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan type out. <laughs> <laughs> beat for beat. Uh, he can't just have uh, a room. He has to have a lair. <laughs> Terry. Put in. Yeah. <laughs> Terry, write this down. Dookie. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? It means shit. <laughs> we had to have some depth here about walls and how walls keep us uh, estranged from each other. That's what Linda and I have had that same conversation. You know? That's how Linda and I sleep, with a towel betwixt us. <laughs> yeah. M- McMahon says betwixt. So there's this, this really strange romantic scene in the movie at a, at a motel, I guess, at yes. some point with Rip and Joan Severson's character, who I guess was hired by Kurt Fuller yes. to seduce him. I don't know what the means were really. But she but doesn't really want to. And yeah. then they get booked in a in a hotel room where they have to share a hotel room and a bed together. And they both hate each other, but they both really like each other at the same time. It's a it's a it's a nice little meet they cute. That's yeah, a meet cute rom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep yeah. listening at the door. For yes. whatever yeah. reason, I don't understand that. They're both brushing their teeth, listening to each other brush their teeth. <laughs> That's kind of what they're doing. If there's ever anything that Hulk Hogan is ill-equipped for in acting, it's being a romantic lead. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's the worst. It's so awkward watching him try to. Do oh, it's rom-poms. awkward. I thought he pulled it off brilliantly. <laughs> Terry Bollier was meant to be in Sleepless in Seattle. Yes. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. well, he was she, meant to be in a Nora Ephron production. You know. Maybe oh, off the top of the Eiffel State or, uh, <laughs> Empire State Building, dude. <laughs> What's a romantic thing you could do? How about I do push-ups and a thong? And- <laughs> My wife is dead, brother. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm grieving, brother. <laughs> but I could just get Meg Ryan to see me do my push-ups and my thong, brother. <laughs> you got to get rid of that dweeb Bill Pullman, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you can take him. That makes that actually explains Bill Pullman's motivations with Hulk Hogan in that movie. You go ahead and take Hulk Hogan. I'm, I'm perfectly content right now being where I'm at. That's what you like? I don't think we have anything in common. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He has to do the rip him... Uh, sign yes. after every, yeah. which is which is kind of the hang loose symbol, but with one. Yeah, it's like the rock symbol or the I love you symbol, but the but the finger in and curved a little. Yeah, it, it looks like Hulk Hogan doesn't know how doesn't know how to work his hands. He's like a little baby out of the womb, just discovering what his hands are, and he's like, "Ooh, this looks cool. I'll use that." Like, you can't be Hulk Hogan because people are gonna think you actually have a brother. <laughs> <laughs> and then whenever you say brother, you're just <laughs> oh my god, they're talking about Randy again. <laughs> Randy, oddly enough, the name Randy. I wonder if that's a mega power. Macho Man is the brother would have been fantastic. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would have been great. Why are you kidnapping me? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Put me down. No. I'm Randy. I'm the brother. I can't move my feet or my arms. Oh, no. That was a good opportunity to not put Macho Man in this movie. They should just just cast everybody with wrestlers. Oh, they they should have. It would have been amazing. But uh, but but the thing is, I love about Rip's repertoire in the ring. If you're familiar with Hulk Hogan at all, it's the exact same <laughs> arsenal of movements, except for the finisher. He replaces the leg drop with like like a really generic like, like uh, a double, double axe, axe hammer. hammer. They yeah. call it the double axe hammer. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, I, I love that fist bump. I was like, God damn, we can't make you Hulk Hogan. We have to make you rip. Well, how am I supposed to wrestle, brother? Just wrestle how you wrestle. <laughs> dress how you dress. <laughs> the color is the blue and white. Your bandana isn't yellow, it's blue. <laughs> so you're a completely different character. Yes. He's gonna puke. <laughs> well, I listened that the reason they didn't make it Hulk Hogan is they wanted to sell separate merchandise for this rip character. Oh my god. That's why that's why it was uh, a completely different character. They thought they could make more money with a different revenue stream for Rip than Hogan. No, let's change the colors from yellow to from yellow and red to blue and white. And am I the only one thinking here, pal? Come on, we can make some money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was the so the the wrestling storyline was that because obviously wrestling is the most important thing in the world yeah. in this universe. Yeah, yes. oh, yeah it is. <laughs> but and Zeus actually became a wrestler and they yes. actually tried to they take. They took this storyline because this was filmed while Macho Man was a champion. Yes, and then Hogan came back, and then it was like, "Gotta get my belt back, brother." <laughs> he won the belt, and then they brought Zeus in. And I guess wasn't there like Zeus was upset on the set that he wasn't the star or something, so he came into the wrestling. That was the that really storyline. Wow, because he's bigger than Hulk Hogan. He's yeah, like, I was I was a star of that movie, you know, and that's why he came in. Yeah, but he unlike Hogan, who was like Hulk Hogan. Zeus was exactly his character on the set. <laughs> <laughs> like, they didn't try to come up with a new character so they could milk him for more money? Yeah, he just, he just was the same character. Um, so so the lines are blurred here. Like, we're going to make Hulk Hogan rip because he's acting. Yeah. He's acting. And Tony Lister's playing Zeus, but he's also going to be Zeus in our fake world in the WWF oh, as man. well. It's just so nuts, man. Yeah, it's insane. Like, how do you keep... Your identity is just shot at that point. <laughs> you know? If yeah. you're watching wrestling in 88 or 89... It makes complete sense. <laughs> it does. Yeah. That's the sad part. It made perfect sense. Like, <laughs> of course, Zeus. Of course. Of course, Zeus would be mad. They would let an ex-con come into the WWF. They did it with nails, too. So this oh, is yeah. Like, <laughs> they love perfect. bringing like, Goldberg was, was an ex-con, but that was WCW. Yeah. But, like, he came out, like, his first thing, he came out, like, handcuffed in the in the... Cops unhandcuffed him, and then he went to the ring and killed somebody, and then they handcuffed him and took him away. That was a ri- Bill Goldberg's original entrance. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's yeah. messed up. Well, what I love about, like, we're going to reference the Nails feud with the big boss man that we yeah. mentioned earlier. Nails was, was, was a character they created as an ex-con who apparently claims the boss man abused him as a prison guard, prison guard in Cobb County. So Nails comes back. And wearing a prison jumpsuit, yeah. which you do after yeah. you've been released from prison, you still maintain that. Prison yeah, they jumpsuit. don't take that back. That's <laughs> they yours don't forever. Take that back. <laughs> and every con wants to be seen as a criminal blatantly by a huge crowd of yeah. people. That's the best way to get a job. And it goes in without <laughs> being sanctioned and beats the crap out of the boss man with his own nightstick because anybody would allow somebody like that just into the ring without any with a, with a without any security yeah. coming in. Uh, that's the WWF logic. Con can't just walk into a place of employment, beat someone up, and then get a job. <laughs> he got employed as a wrestler on the roster. And Vince McMahon was like, "Hire that guy. Give him a contract." <laughs> I love the moxie. <laughs> Taking down the boss man like that, like ending his He's career. He's hitting him with his uh. Boss man never denied that he brutal brutalized. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he never. He never took that back ever in that view. He just like. said that you deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me wonder who was the real monster. In this. <laughs> yeah, but I mean Zeus doing the same thing. It's an ex-con coming in without 
any sort of yeah, yeah. inhibitions from anybody running that company. And they never said exactly what Nails did. They just talked around it. Yeah. It was just like, it was uh, terrible. It was bad. Yeah. Think of the worst things you could think of. He did them. Because <laughs> we can't say him on TV because that's true. So Who like, was the guy that was basically the character? Oh, man. It, Mercy. Waylon Mercy? Waylon Mercy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, was he very like a. a yeah. Yeah, uh, anyways. But yeah, X-Con yeah. is it's a classic yeah, yeah, yeah. wrestling to bring in. That's the only work he can get. That is. Wasn't uh, MVP uh, X-Con? And well, he, he, in he real actually, life, he, he was. Yes, a, yeah. Uh, he was a good guy. He's like, I paid my dues. You know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's different now in wrestling. Like, yeah. in X-Con, it's like, you could be, uh, you don't come in and beat people up. You're like, you're... We'll just chain X-Con to Colt Leader. That's the new thing. Like, like Bray Wyatt, <laughs> yeah, Undertaker, Bray Wyatt. like right. every, yeah. Ministry yeah. or corporate head. <laughs> Let's talk about Zeus's. Here's the other thing. Zeus dies in this movie. Does he? Yes. I think he dies, doesn't he? Or does he just get knocked out? He gets by... thrown through the ring, and there's a little bit of blood on him. But, like, I... I it's not clear whether it's implied he's I thought... Dead. I, I want to go with they arrest him and take him back to jail. For the attempted manslaughter of Rip's brother, and then he shows up in Dark Knight. I want to go with that. That makes sense. Uh, Kurt Fuller's character dies because he slow motion gets electrocuted. Like he falls into his own equipment because he's scared of Rip. Because his own hubris. Why does he tear up his own equipment? Because because he's upset. Or because it's Vince McMahon logic. (laughs) (laughs) Destroy all this equipment I paid for. If I can't say, nobody can see the movie. (laughs) Kurt Fuller's character towards the end, tearing up his own equipment randomly because of frustration with the match, is insane. And and I love how he unplug or he tears a wire, and then it's. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, zap. That's how it, like, every time he goes to, to destroy something, it's always two seconds off from what he did to the machine. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, really it's, funny. It's insane. Yeah. 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 Never, the sparks flying with machines is always a trope that you yeah. see in a lot of movies that doesn't actually happen much. <laughs> yeah. So, Sadly. What do you guys, like, uh, evaluating it as, as just a... I would put this in the category of so bad it's good. Yes. In, in the lines of, like I mentioned earlier, Plan 9 from Outer Space and The Room. What do you think are the qualities that make it stand out for you in that regard? Like, why you think it's rewatchable and you would recommend it to people as, like, a guilty pleasure? Or... Well, first of all, um, you should watch this because this is Vince McMahon's answer to They Live. Like, <laughs> They Live was was a, a movie that came out starring Rowdy, Roddy yeah, Piper. Right. And then Vince was like, well, goddamn, we got to make movies now. <laughs> and this was, this was their answer to it. So just for that, go see They Live <laughs> and then see this movie and know that they the are connected. Yes. That it was a blood feud between these two movies. And anybody knows anything about They Live is a legitimately great, great classic. Great movie. By yeah. John Carpenter, who's yes. a genius in the horror genre. There's also sure. this other movie called They Live by this, uh, by this production company called Savage tech industries if you go to their youtube there's a version it's not called they live it's called they live look it up it's amazing um but yeah this is worth watching a million times over just because of the camp because of just the sheer bonker like craziness of like this whole universe oh yeah you can watch this i watched this again was it yesterday and wrote down three pages of notes and i stopped at like 
a quarter through because I was like, I'm I I'm I'm filling up my notebook with pages just on stuff that's just like, yeah. what does this mean? What does this mean? Right. Oh my, it's is beautiful, guys. It is the greatest movie ever made. A lot to, to dive into. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's definitely. I think it's high up there, and I think it's it's gotten this recently. It's gotten this acclaim as a great movie of the bad movies. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, like the Plan Nine, the Room. It's definitely up there. Um, because it's like you have just enough people giving it their all, and the script is bad, that it works. You know, it works. I think Hulk Hogan's giving it his all. He just doesn't have much, but he's given every bit yes. of it. And oh there's no, goodness. there's no irony at all. So it's it's this movie was <laughs> people really thinking they were making an awesome movie, and that's what makes it great. Um, but um, yeah. So I definitely uh, if you wanna. Have a good time. It's only an hour and a half long. Yeah. yeah it <laughs> it's not long. You can watch it like 12 times in one day. 12 right. times, yeah. <laughs> watch it. Just put it on a loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, watch clips. See if it's right for you. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. Like, I think it is in that camp of Plan 9 and uh, So Bad It's Good. I think a lot of passion went into this movie. Oh, yeah. I don't think anybody wanted to make this a bad film. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, but I think the what would normally be would, would derail a good movie works in favor here because, like I said, it's the sensibilities of Vince McMahon. Everything has to be over the top and it, nonsensical, but they commit to it on yeah. such a high it's level. It's all wrestling it logic. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. wrestling logic put on yeah. film. This would all work beautifully in the WWF because we, yes. we all think this is great, but yeah. in this, it's it's terrible but great. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's weird how oh, that yeah. shifting occurs. Yeah. Another question I want to ask about this particular era in pro wrestling, like, what do you guys think made like Hulkamania years take off on such a high level. What did McMahon do creatively and everybody surrounding that that he hired that made it take off compared to previous eras? What was unique about this, do you think, that made it work creatively? The re- For us, at least, people like us. The reason I think it worked mm-hmm. uh, is because Vince McMahon uh, went to every territory and found the best guy in every territory. So he was working with a roster of like the best guy, the best of the best who've been doing it for years and knows how to get everything over. Vince McMahon then put the shiny gloss on it of making it look like a really well executed television show and made it super colorful and comic booky and in- injected like rock and roll mm-hmm. into it. Like, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. The- Put it on ten o'clock in the morning after his cartoon. Oh my gosh! Yes, worked, worked great. And Coco Beware. Yeah, it was a television production that Vince added to the to the that. Yeah. If you watched other stuff, they just didn't have. I mean, I know a lot of people like that smoky feel, and I do too. I, I mean, I could get yeah. the appeal of it. Yeah. Like you know, you see like, but but there, then there's like, I don't like how the microphone looks on the announcer, yeah. and I don't like how. Um, like just certain little things that like like, yeah, the match is I like the match and like but they only have one camera angle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the music you can't hear. Yeah, and like just the fact that you could hear the theme music when they came down. Yeah, you hear their commentary. You just can hear it. So, like Joel said, like you could, the talent of the wrestlers yeah. really came up. You know, everything was super bright and colorful. I mean, the Ultimate Warrior was super bright and colorful. Oh, yeah. Uh. uh Hulk Hogan was like 
just talking to children the entire time wearing bright colors. You Coco Beware with a giant parrot on his shoulder. Yeah. You know, our bad guy was Jake the Snake who had a, a literal snake mm-hmm. that would that he would bring out in the ring and scare people. And like, yeah, it's it. For I kids, totally get yeah, it. it was, yeah. yeah, it was awesome. It, it was was and characters like Demolition who were they looked like punks that were yes. coming out of like they looked like <laughs> yeah. kids basically became yeah. wrestlers you don't want to run, run, run in the demolition in the street the, no yeah. <laughs> axe or smash right. i always got upset that like his name is axe which is like a, a noun and smash <laughs> is like just like a verb <laughs> but it made sense it made us, sense you, know. you act stuff and then you smash it and then you crash it's like he should act should have been crush crush is uh, yeah. <laughs> but then Crush is like, I'm not going to be in Demolition. I'm going to be from Hawaii. <laughs> well, that guy was repackaged so many times. Yeah. It's not even funny. So, yeah. Um, so, th- that is a great depiction. I think also the commentators were smart. Like, they had people yeah. like Carla Monsoon and Mean Gino Again, and the best of other of all the different territories. Well, yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, they had to. Yeah. He cherry picked all these people, put them together, but in. in, in Packaged it in a very smooth fashion, you know. Like, like you said, the production value went up. Uh, the humor was a big yeah. factor. Like he, like we make fun of Vince's comedy and No Holds Barred, but actually, at that point, it was legitimately funny. Like, like yeah. people like Bobby the Brain Heenan that were really funny and off the cuff. He used the improvisation a lot. Yeah, with people. Like yeah. they improvised a lot of their own dialogue. Yeah, it was a lot yeah. looser because they knew what they were yeah. doing and they yeah. knew how to get over. Yeah, and that's the way it worked until. Later on, when you're the only game in town, and, yeah. it's funny about that because Vince McMahon basically cannibalized all of the territories, took all the best talent, and and started his own promotion. It was like, well, they're they're behind the times. And then a couple years later, when WCW did that, he was like, how dare they do that to me? <laughs> like they're basically doing exactly what you did. How dare they? They're right. trying to kill me. I'm like, you did this to everybody. <laughs> well, Eric Bischoff, I was listening to him recently. Eric Bischoff used to run WCW during yes, that time. Yes, yes. Uh, Ted Turner owned it, but Bischoff was really doing the. It's like yeah. Vince McMahon was split into Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, he said he respected the fact that McMahon was willing to fight, even if it was hypocritical or you know mm-hmm. devious in a ways, because he would make those statements about WCW taking over the small, like family-owned company. Yeah. Uh, but he respected that Vince would fight for it. And that's why he ultimately won, is he was a fighter. And yeah. Turner didn't care. I mean, it was one of many streams of business that he had. So that was not <laughs> one that he was going to really... And I think he ended up getting taken out of Time Warner during that deal anyway. Yeah, yeah. He was no longer hit, involved in any That's why way. they got rid of it. And, and now, gentlemen, it's getting ready to start right back up again with some wars. Because the, the new <laughs> yeah. promotion, AEW, now has a a, a weekly... On TNT uh, show that's going to be uh, starting TNT in October. Knows drama, right? Yeah, knows drama. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny that TNT was like, we gotta get rid of this wrestling. It's a big black mark. And now they're like, sign some wrestling because right. we need some content because it's not working <laughs> like without it. <laughs> yeah. It's on our network, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, USA and TNT are pretty much the same like channel. Like, yeah. Like, the same. Well, owned by different watched, companies. I probably yeah. watched uh, Grizzly. Knows, like, <laughs> Who okay? I have a question for yes, yes, yes. I have yes, a yes. question about this. What non wrestling fans watch? Chrisley knows best because it's I, super popular. I don't, like, like 
I watch like every every wrestling fan if they watch Raw or SmackDown, yeah. probably seen like five minutes of it. It was like it's like the worst show. I don't know who he is. I don't know why he got a TV show. Because of because of uh, of Raw, I know what Crisley knows best is. I've been to Sonic more times than I should, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I know what FarmersOnly.com is. Those are the three <laughs> things that they constantly promote on Raw. Well, back in the nineties, <laughs> I, I always saw the last like. 10 minutes of murder she wrote because it was <laughs> well uh i remember my memory of of what followed wrestling programs in like the 80s is primetime wrestling was always followed on usa by silk stock silk stock yes yes, yes. Which, yes. Oh stock, God, which was yeah. really just like like a csi show with a little more seductive elements was it like swamp thing on after it too? i think swamp thing had a yeah right swamp thing uh, there was also I remember uh, uh, on WCW because and during that time yeah. I I went to WCW. Oh, everybody after the Hall of Nationally, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went back when like the Hart Foundation. Started. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they had this uh, this Mortal Kombat live action Mortal Kombat show that came on right after <laughs> Nitro that was so bad, but I couldn't get enough of it. Did they have, like, <laughs> Mortal Kombat character like. Ish characters on like Glacier, yes, they and, did. And, and uh, oh, uh, Cronus was it Cronus? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Oh, quick story about Glacier. Uh, one of our uh, founding members of Savage Tech, David Gelati, uh, did a couple shows with WCW as a lighting rig guy, really? and he got fired because he uh, missed a cue with Glacier on live television. And they were like, "Go up there." They had him relieved, and they were like, "Clear out your stuff, get out of here right now." And then, and then after that, Glacier went way downhill. So we think that it's <laughs> David Gelati, aka Gelo destroyed Glacier's career. Oh, they build up Glacier so much. It's like Glacier's coming. And it's just like oh, slowly glacier. but surely, <laughs> glacier's coming. Like, glacier is coming, and then glacier came, and he was like sub zero from like yeah. Con- I, you know, who is now? Remember, yeah. yeah, who is now in AEW? Guys, the last uh, pay per view, glacier. glacier came out wow. in AEW and did like a did like a, a Royal Rumble and was great, dude. I think my favorite uh, wrestler is was it Luchasaurus? Luchasaurus, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> uh, Jungle Boy, I love Jungle Boy. He's Luchasaurus really is a great name. Yeah, yeah, Luchasaurus. Is the best. Thing. <laughs> I, I also want to give Sunny a, kiss. I want to give a shout out to David saying that his faux pas wasn't nearly the most infamous faux pas in WCW. That would be the Shockmaster. <laughs> so that guy oh really had a much worse uh, experience. Shock with WCW. We just hired him for uh, Savage Check. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everybody that gets messed What's his up. His name? Uh, Tugboat. Tugboat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tugboat seems like a good guy. We'd all yeah. like to be. A, I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm a closet world. fan for Tugboat. I, I, I like Tugboat. I, I wear Tugboat on my sleeve. I love Tugboat. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, had a great fine. theme song. <laughs> <laughs> so to wrap things up, uh, what do you guys think overall of No Holds Part? I think we all kind of know where we feel, but do you think it holds up today? I, of course it does. It yes. is the best movie. <laughs> it is timeless. Yes. They they can lock this away. They can take every copy of it, put it in a in a vault, put it away for a hundred years, and then when it's discovered, it will be like this is the most amazing thing we've ever seen as a human as <laughs> as a species. This is the this is what defines us. This Absolutely, is and I'll go on record of saying that. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, I agree. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I, I should have made it more obvious. <laughs> Scott fell asleep Man, for Scott. a second. <laughs> no, yeah. Scott Wheeler. What do you think? No, it's a great movie. <laughs> 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 I just want to leave it there. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I agree with Joel. I think this is like I, I've said a million times. Pinnacle of humanity. It's, it's Plan Nine. <laughs> it's the room. It, it's right up there. Uh, I, I think, especially if you loved wrestling during the '80s and '90s, like the, the during the Hulkamania years, you need to watch. This yes, and, yes. And take it in for a casual listener. Uh, it depends on your taste, uh, but I would say like if you love bad movies, if you love movies that are so bad they're good. This is right up there in the top five, at least for me. You know, I I think you need to watch it. It's batshit crazy film. Nothing makes any logical sense, but makes sense in that cartoonish way. And you have to see it just for Kurt Fuller's performance because it's it's a miracle to behold, as far as I'm concerned. What do we got here? Little tiny weenies, (laughs) tiny weenies, (laughs) and a one to match. (laughs) (laughs) It sums it up. we want to thank Joel for appearing. Once oh, again on the you podcast. guys! Thank you so much. Do you have anything to plug or anything coming up? Uh, there's Improv Wars every month. Uh, go check those out. Uh, Savage Check uh, is now taking over the duties of hosting those. Uh, Sick World of Doctor Show at Mad Lab. Check those out for dates that are coming up. We got some coming up in October. Um, and any of uh, just go to uh, savagetech.industries that's www.savagetech.industries for all uh, upcoming shows and news and all that kind of stuff yeah check out our Facebook and YouTube too <laughs> yeah and I do stuff at the Nest and, uh, ar- around town so yeah, yeah. <laughs> the I just check it out yeah it rests in that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I also like to say, like, if Scott and I usually perform as Wheeler Brothers occasionally, both Woo! Improv Wars and the, the Nest and other venues. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my sh- a shout out I want to give to Tony because yes. you would think that she would not be interested in, the, in this, just maybe based on some of her other podcasts. Yeah. That is not the case. No, Tony no. Tony loves this stuff. Thanks, unfortunately, to Scott and I. And I know her favorite wrestler is the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, my God, yes. A huge crush on the Macho Man. Stand over there, Tony. (laughs) I had to put that in there. And uh, we want to thank all of you. Continue to listen to us on uh, iTunes and iPod or iPod. (laughs) On Podbean. On your iPod. You can listen to it on your iPod or your phone. That's cool. Listen to it wherever you can find us. Your computer. uh, Please, you know, like us and interact with us on Facebook and Twitter or whatever have you. Uh, and just just uh, listen to the podcast as much as possible. Repeat re- listenings yeah. too. Uh, but we thank you all for continuing to listen to us. And uh, can I just say that this podcast is <laughs> what a rush? Yeah, the best way to end. <laughs> thank you, everybody, and see you next time. Oh yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the uh, music video wasn't long enough to depict all the action and excitement well, in the movie, but it gave I've got you. some good news for the fans. If you send me two hundred seventy-five ninety-five cash, what? Right here, I'll send you this copy of the music video. Will, be will you stop? That's not a music video. That's a tape of WrestleMania. What's wrong with you? They don't know. I can use the cash. There are no rules in a 